You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Are Christian need to understand the incredible resource that we have been given in the Holy Spirit and how He can empower our lives not on a one-time shot but on a continual basis. On a continual basis He can give us the power that we need. We must be connected to the power source. You're running on empty? Maybe you need to check under the hood. Maybe you need to look a little closer. To properly turn on a device, it must be connected to a power source. Have you been trying to access the Lord without connecting to the Holy Spirit? In today's message with Pastor Dave, you'll learn how crucial it is to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is the primary agent of the Godhead at work in the world today. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 15 as he begins his message, Who is the Holy Spirit? We're going to be starting out in the Gospel of John. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 15 and 16, please. As I said, we're going to kind of take a small detour, something that the Lord has laid upon my heart that goes along with our studies and will set us up for future studies. So I really feel like this is an important topic that we need to look at. So John 15, I'm going to begin in verse 26. And I'm going to read down through John 16, verse 15. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues, yes, The time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that you, whether when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away. I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, 
For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So last we studied John 15, 16 through 27, and we looked at the first four verses in chapter 16. Jesus spoke once again of the Holy Spirit, the helper whom the Father would send, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. Jesus said, when the helper comes, he will bear witness and testify of me. And then Jesus looked at his disciples and said, you too will bear witness of me. You will be my witnesses. And as we've studied, we looked at this, and I remember saying that I think the greatest responsibility that we as disciples of Jesus Christ have, the greatest responsibility given to the church, is to fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ and to go forth and make disciples. To go forth preaching the gospel to anyone who would hear. To go forth baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe that's our job. And it was interesting that as we prayed, as the men got together to pray, as we usually do on Sunday mornings, Bill prayed that the harvest would come. And we believe that there is a great harvest yet to come. A great harvest that might still take place. But we look at this, and the scripture says the harvest is plenty. But the workers are few. The workers are few. And I took from this is because the workers are few because they're not equipped. The workers are few because they're not equipped with the Holy Spirit. And they're holding back from going out into this harvest that is ripe. And that's why I want to look at, because as I studied, I looked at this, and I said, there's something to be said here. Because we said that the Lord would never, ever give you something to do that he does not give you the power to do it. The Lord does not ask you to do something that he will not empower you to do. And in order to testify of Jesus Christ, in order to present the gospel adequately, in order to fulfill the great commission with boldness, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need his power. In fact, dare I say, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life that God has asked us to live. And when the Holy Spirit is in our lives, when the Holy Spirit is flowing forth from our lives with torrents of living water, when His power is readily available to us, the possibilities are endless. The possibilities are endless. But what struck me as I thought about this is sadly, and, and, and really grieves my heart, many of us today are lacking the power of the Holy Spirit. We're lacking this power to live the Christian life. So as I studied, I came across a book. It's called Under the Influence, Yielding to the Work of the Holy Spirit. And in that book, this is what the author does. He tells a story, and it's applicable for what we're studying today. Quote, I heard a story once about a missionary who was given a car to use while staying in a foreign country. Although he was grateful for the convenience, there was a slight problem. He was not able to start the engine without using jumper cables. This became a nuisance, so he devised a clever way to start the car without needing any help. Wherever he went, he would make sure that he parked on a hill. 
And as he rolled down the hill, he would pop the clutch, which would start the engine. And he would be on his way. This is how he kept the car running for the entire two years that he was in this foreign country. Well, as the Lord would have it, it was time for him to leave the country. But before he was due to leave, another missionary came in and he began to explain how the car worked because he was going to give to him the car. He was going to transfer the car to him so that this missionary would have a car to use while he was there serving. While he was speaking and telling this other missionary his plan, the guy decided to look under the hood. And as he looked under the hood, he said, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. It looks like there's a loose connection here. I wonder if it has anything to do with the problem. And he gave it a twist and a turn, gets in the car, and the car started right up. All this time, this guy had been trying to start this car with a loose connection. And the problem was solved once the connection was restored and the source of power was established. Now, you know where I'm going with this, I hope. There's a great spiritual application here. Come on. Sometimes we tend to keep our Christian lives, we keep them going just like this missionary kept the car going. By running on our own abilities, by running on our own ingenuity, instead of simply making sure that we're connected to the power source that we're connected to where the power comes from. We need to be connected to the power source. If you become worn out, if you become tired of trying to run your engine lately, just like this missionary, you need to discover that the problem is simply a loose connection. A loose connection, or somebody said to me, a loose screw. You can take that any way you want it. So as I was studying for this message I looked into John 16, which is where we are. Jesus is once again speaking of the Holy Spirit. Specifically, he is speaking about the work of the Holy Spirit. The work that the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish, especially in verses 5 through 15, which is where we normally would be today. Now, as we've gone through the Gospel of John, John has spoken and recorded the words of Jesus as he has spoken about the Holy Spirit several times. And we've studied those scriptures at length. But something hit me. Something was different about the way I looked at this. Something was different in me, the way I looked at this and examined these scriptures. Do we really know who the Holy Spirit is? I mean, do you really know who the Holy Spirit is? I mean, we talk about him constantly here. We we tell you that you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We, We... We tell you that you needed to desire the various gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to bestow upon you. And we tell you that you need to submit your lives to the Holy Spirit. But do we really understand who the Holy Spirit is? Did you know that the Holy Spirit is mentioned 220 times in Scripture? Old and New Testament. Did you know that the word Spirit with a capital S is mentioned over 500 times in Scripture. What did I deduce from this? Well, if it's mentioned that many times, don't you think we need to know about it? Don't you think it's important for us to know? I mean, why would it be mentioned so many times in Scripture? I mean, it's important that we know who He is and what He does and what He can do for us. Listen to what J. Oswald Sanders writes in his book, Spiritual Leadership. Quote, 
the correct understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and the relationship that he desires to have with us is essential if we truly want to witness the power of God at work in our lives. He continues, as we learn about him through the scriptures, we observe his divinity. He is God. We also discover that the key to living an exciting Christian life is not found by trying to obtain his power for our own purposes, but rather willingly yielding our lives to his powerful influence, unquote. We who are Christians need to understand the incredible resource that we have been given in the Holy Spirit and how he can empower our lives, not on a one-time shot, but on a continual basis. On a continual basis, he can give us the power that we need. We must be connected to the power source. You're running on empty? Maybe you need to check under the hood. Maybe you need to look a little closer. I'm going to begin a series on the Holy Spirit, and for the next several weeks, we're going to look at who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. I want to take some time to discover just who the Holy Spirit is. It is most critical that we understand that the Holy Spirit is the primary agent of the Godhead at work today in the world. It is most crucial that we understand that. He is the person of the Godhead to whom we closely relate to. He is the one who is gathering a body for Jesus Christ. Jesus' bride, so to speak. He is gathering a bride. And he's going to present that bride to the Lord. The church, through the work of the Holy Spirit, is carrying out the great commission by winning souls to Jesus Christ. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to do this. Remember from our studies, even last week, in Greek, the Holy Spirit is called the Paracletus, the one who comes alongside. He's called the Helper, the Comforter. Why? Because he comes alongside us in every single situation. He comes alongside us to be your strength in your time of need, to provide for you to take care of us in times of emergency. And anything else that we may need in any situation, the Holy Spirit is there to help us and to guide us and to comfort us. We can always count on him to be available for us because he is in us and he is with us. And when we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, he comes upon us, as it says in Acts 1.8. The Holy Spirit desires a personal relationship with each and every one of us, a loving relationship. He wants to come alongside of you. He wants to help you through every situation you may face. And that is so vitally important to each of us that we come to know the person of the Holy Spirit, to know him in his fullness, only in a way that we'll be able to experience the comfort, the strength, and the peace, and the help that he provides that we all so desperately need. So who is this person of the Godhead? In a word, how would you describe the Holy Spirit? If you could describe the Holy Spirit in one word, what would you say? Well, I would say one word, God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is not some impersonal force or some essence in the universe. I'm sorry, guys. We can't say, may the force be with you. No, that don't work. You can't do it. It doesn't work that way. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a person. He is a distinct person. And we cannot call on his power at our own discretion. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. 
God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. In fact, look at verse 26 in chapter 15. In this verse, you see the Trinity at work here. The Trinity is right there before you. Remember, Jesus is speaking. When the Helper, Holy Spirit, whom I shall send to you from the Father, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right there in verse 26. You see them all together. He can lead you into all truth. He can strengthen you. He can teach you. Why? Because he's God. Because the Holy Spirit is God. And because he's God, he possesses all of the attributes of God. All the attributes of Jesus. He possesses all those attributes. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. He is omniscient, all-knowing. And he's omnipresent everywhere. He has these things because he's God. Nowhere in the scripture is it referred, is he referred to as an it. He is never referred to anything less than God himself. That is something that you need to get into your brain. Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit does so many things for us, and we're going to get into this a little bit next. But some of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he searches our hearts. He reveals things to us. He teaches us. He comforts us. He guides us. He inspires us. He forbids us to go places. He convicts us, and he reproves us. What can we do? Well, in turn, we can love the Spirit and we can obey the Spirit and submit to the Spirit. But sadly, we can also grieve the Spirit. We can quench the Spirit. We can resist the Spirit. We can sin against the Spirit. And we can blaspheme the Holy Spirit. When did the Holy Spirit evolve? Huh, want to use that word? Where did the Holy Spirit come from? Holy Spirit was with God in the beginning. I can prove that. Go back to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. Go back to the very first book in Genesis. Verse 1, chapter 1. Verse 1 and 2. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Right there. Holy Spirit was with God in the beginning. And there's two things I want you to know here. First of all, I like to tell people that if you cannot get by the first four verses in that verse, you need to put the Bible down until you get by them. Until you can reconcile this verse. In the beginning, God. If you have a hard time with that, you need to put the Bible away. Until you can reconcile the fact that God was foreknowledge, that was God was before everything, he was preeminent, and he's before all things. But here we see the Spirit with them. The Spirit is right here with God at creation. We also know that Jesus was there. How do we know that? The Word of God tells us. We studied it. John 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word was with God from the beginning. Verse 12, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Of course, he's talking about Jesus Christ. So we see the Trinity at work from the very beginning. From the very beginning of the Bible, they're there. They're working. 
We also know from Scripture, specifically 2 Timothy 3.16, that the Holy Spirit inspired men to pen these pages. The Holy Spirit inspired men to pen these pages. So we know that's what it is. And you know what's cool? Because in in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people, anointing them and empowering them to accomplish specific purposes. In Exodus 31, it says that the Spirit came upon these craftsmen and gave them the ability to make all the necessary things for the tabernacle. The Spirit did that. He came upon them and gave them wisdom on how to make all these things. And what is the tabernacle precursor of? Temple. Tabernacle is a precursor of the temple. The temple is a precursor of heaven. It's all related. So we see the Holy Spirit at worker, and we know from Scripture, from studying Joshua, from studying all the other books of the Bible, that the Holy Spirit came upon Joshua. The Holy Spirit came upon various judges. The Holy Spirit came upon Saul. Holy Spirit came upon David, etc., etc. But the Spirit was not abiding with them always. God would send His Spirit, but as we saw in Saul, he could be taken away too. Remember when we studied Samuel? The Holy Spirit took, uh, God took the Holy Spirit away from Saul. What was David's prayer after he sinned with Bathsheba? Psalm 51, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Don't take him away, Lord. So David knew that the Holy Spirit could be withdrawn. The Holy Spirit could be withdrawn. But as we study John 14, and as we study John 14, 16, and 17, let me read those. And I will pray... And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Something different now is happening to the disciples. There's a new way to relate to God. There's a new way to relate here. The Holy Spirit is coming. So those people who accept Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, the Holy Spirit is now abiding in each of you. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, it says. And I love in verse 16 of chapter 14 when it says, He may be abiding you forever. It doesn't come and go. You have the Holy Spirit abiding in you if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Holy Spirit comes abiding in you. And it's a new relationship we see. Those who believe and accept Jesus Christ into their life are immediately indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in us and dwells in us. We're given a new nature. We become born again by the Spirit, it says. The Holy Spirit within our heart begins to bear witness to the fact that our lives are now His. We belong to Him. But we must acknowledge His presence by yielding to Him by yielding our will to His in order to realize the full potential of what God desires to do and through us. You are a Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.